Welcome back to the No Spin Dash Zone, where we talk about Sonic games. We're going to talk about Sonic Lost World for the second and last time, and we're going to talk about Dims for the X number and the last time. And I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Steven. Hi. And Isaiah. Hello. How many Dims games have we played? It's been... We're not going to count the proto-Dims games, so it's been Sonic Advance 1, 2, and 3. And then it's... Sonic Rush 1 and 2. Yeah. And Sonic Unleashed. Sonic Colors. Sonic Generations. Sonic Lost War. So that's not the ninth. Yeah, this is the ninth. That's time. a lot. Unless I'm missing one. Um, yeah, you are, actually, because it's Sonic 4, uh, 1 and 2. Oh. Oh, so it's the 11th. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to pretend those games don't exist, but, like... Sonic Team also worked on them, so we don't know exactly how much they did. So, Sonic Lost World for the 3DS is actually really similar to Sonic Lost World for the Wii U slash Steam. Yeah, the they, uh, they finally, like, made a fully 3D game, kind of. Yeah, this is the first... I, so, I think Sonic Unleashed was the first fully 3D dimps game, but this is oh, the, the... but on a handheld. Yeah, oh, this is the first fully 3D handheld... You, you should also, like, codify it with, with Sonic, because I'm sure they made a 3D game before that. It's just, like, for Sonic, Unleashed was their first shot. That's true, yeah. Because Dimps makes tons of games. Dimps okay. also has proven to be very competent at making games. I'd say so. They're one of my favorite devs. Uh, so, is it is it just me, or were there some, like, physics differences that were, like... Yeah, they felt better. I feel like the physics felt better, but also I kept trying to account for the, the like, Steam version's physics and then making mistakes as a result. Long story short, I'm still bad at this game. The thing that I noticed was that this game asks you to do, like, running around and 3D platforming, like, quite a bit less than the previous game. If I'm, or rather, like, I found that I was on a track pretty often. Yeah. And then I was only briefly moving, like, I don't know the best way to describe it, but, like, in a 3D environment with, like, a little bit of precision platforming, I found that to be a lot less common than it was in the previous entry. And that makes the different, like, feel of the game add up to me. Yeah. Because this just felt a lot like Sonic Rush or even, like, Generations, but 3D in, yeah. like, a weird way. Whereas, in like, the previous game was definitely a lot more about, like, precision platforming. In, in, we'll call it the HD version of the game, there was a huge emphasis, if subtle from my thick brain, emphasis on momentum. And I yeah. don't feel like that's the case in this game because there's a bunch of stuff like, you do accelerate in midair. In this game, you didn't in the last one. We spent a lot of time talking about that. <laughs> and then also, you don't slow down when you change which direction you're running in, unlike the last one. Yes, which I think is like emphasized by the level design in the games. Yes. Because in Sonic Lost World HD, it like definitely felt like your goal was to run forward and you only moved left or right when you A, wanted to explore a different path or B, like absolutely had to avoid an obstacle that couldn't be avoided by jumping. Yeah. And then even then, there was usually something to homing attack like in your peripheral. So you were rarely just like running to the left in that game. <laughs> I actually, there are a couple times in this one where uh, they'll have a thing where you'll be like zooming in the air and then something will appear on the screen and you'll have enough time to see it and there will be a small like frame of time or small window of time uh, where you're supposed to homing attack it and if you don't you end up missing out on something. Yeah. 
which I think is very interesting. There's like a lot more of a focus of reaction. I also think a lot of that has to do with, I think the camera's way more zoomed in. I, I felt, and I, I feel this actually a lot with Dimps games, uh, which I think is because they're always like handheld, right? I always feel like the camera's too zoomed in and I can't see enough of my surroundings. That was never a problem in the, the HD version of the game. Well, I also don't think that that's like as much of a problem in Rush and Adventure as it yeah. was in the advanced games. And I think that this game just like reflects that similar design choice where the information is obscured from you until like the moment before you need it. So it's about reaction. Yeah. But the control scheme is simple enough that like it's never too demanding, I don't think. Whereas like it kind of was sometimes in the advanced games because just jumping or just spin dashing was not usually enough to deal with obstacles. Yeah. But in this case, like, if you hit the A button with the right timing, you're pretty much good for any of the, like, fly-at-you-fast things. Like, there was a segment, there's a 2D segment, I remember, I believe it's in the second zone of World 1? Windy Windmill? Windmill Hill? Windmill Garden? Garden Zone? Windy That's Windy the one. Hill. Windy Hill. <laughs> Windy Okupa Zone. <laughs> In the second level, you go underground at some point, and there's like a 2D segment where you're just running along platforms, and there's a giant caterpillar like eating the platforms behind you. And at certain points, you have to hop to make sure that you can stay on the track because it'll be elevated slightly. But right before you have to hop, there's like a giant exclamation point on like a warning sign. Yeah. And if you hit it, like when you get to that exclamation point, you'll be totally fine. And then also, there's like tiki heads that show up, and they're just like dressing for the stage. But if you, like, see those in Panic Jump, they still give you plenty of time to do another jump when the actual obstacle shows up. Yeah. So I felt like it was pretty forgiving in that way. And I'm sure it gets more difficult as levels go on, but you also get, you know, more attuned to what the game is asking you to do. I definitely I definitely died a lot, which is not different from the HD version. But I got a lot more lives as well. I mean, so even it in just, the HD it just version, felt like it, it felt was... like they handed them out real, real often. <laughs> At least for me... Which, which I think is is just my ability to to pick up how to play these games. It was very much like high difficulty, very very low risk. Yeah. Like I, I would agree. I would die immediately after a checkpoint and then respawn at that checkpoint and then die in the exact same position. <laughs> and then when when there's not a checkpoint nearby, I'm totally fine. So like they know where the difficulty spikes are. It seems like. Yeah, I did quite a bit of dying like right by checkpoints too. But they also like. Like you said, they handed out one-ups, but in the HD version, I still felt like I had plenty of access to a supply of one-ups. Yeah, I agree like, I don't, with that. I don't think I ever geoed on either of these. So, they, the 3DS version of this game has a thing where uh, if you hit the, the, the spin dash button in the air instead of homing attacking somebody, you'll like kick a, a, a burst of wind at them. Like a wave, like a shockwave. Yeah. And, yeah. and it won't hurt them, but it'll stun them. Uh, and then you can go in and homing attack and, and not, like, have to worry about getting hurt. You can also use it to break certain obstacles as well. Yeah. I think I think that's a very interesting change because it, it makes it feel like those two things are a lot more different than the HD version, which were essentially two different kinds of homing attacks. Yeah. If you don't remember, one of them was just the traditional homing attack where you slam into an enemy and then they die and you bounce. The other one was you slam into an enemy and then you kick them at other things, be it obstacles or other enemies. Yeah. I, I do like this change. Like, I think it was fine in the previous game, but I think that this change feels a little more action-y, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, and I think it makes it a lot more intuitive for taking down things like those robots with just a, like a bunch of flame balls around them. That if you try and homing attack them, you'll hit the flames. But if you like kick a like a gust of wind at them, their fire will go out, and then you can homing attack them. Like that just makes sense immediately. Yeah, you can also just homing attack those if you time it carefully. That's true. Yeah, but they have they have like two balls and then three balls and then four balls and the four balls you can't homing attack because there's just no room. But the other two you just have to be very like angle careful. Are there ones that show up where the balls are floating around them in a circle, like they do in other Sonic games? Uh, yes. Those can just be homing attacks, no problem. The ones with the bar can, too. The Okay, so you know the the um, the ones in Sonic 3 that, like, they're like spike balls, but instead of spikes, it's fire? I, I know what you're talking about, and I'm yeah. telling you that I was able to homing attack any of those enemies that I encountered within the first two zones, or okay. worlds. I was not able to homing attack one of them, and I had to kick them. You just have to homing attack them when the fire is, like, either to the left because they rotate, like, clockwise, or to the right because they rotate counterclockwise. Okay. And then you're good. Um, but, like, I like that because it's a choice of, do you want to slow down a little bit and make it safer, or do you want to take the risky, fast route where you have to use careful reactions? Yeah. And it's, like, one of those fun little decisions that, you know, you don't always get the chance to make in some of the later Sonic games. Yeah. I also found myself walking a ton more in this one. Oh, really? Uh, at, at least in 2D sections, because I, I always felt like in 2D sections, Sonic just moved faster than I had the reaction time for. Oh, I like never let off the gas in this one because they had none of the precision platforming things. Okay. Unless Yeah, I guess it doesn't. There was also, there were a ton of times where I was like, I don't want to run up the wall, but also in this game, if you don't hold the run button, you will still run up the wall anyway. Well, it's if you're going at spin dash speed, I think you run up the wall. Okay. Because if you just walk into the wall, nothing happens. <laughs> there are also a ton of times when I ran into the wall and nothing happened, and I was like, dog. Yeah, the rules for wall running are probably like the biggest downside of this game. Yeah. Because in the HD version, it is if you're holding the run button, you are going up the damn wall, and if you don't, you are staying on the ground. I, I love that system. That system makes sense immediately. You know exactly when you're going to run up a wall, and it's when you're holding a button. Oh, speaking of that, Isaiah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mention, mention, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, so uh, I mentioned before the show uh, that I, I found, like, the as I was playing this game, I came to appreciate the run button instead of a walk button because there were, like, a ton of times when I was, like, uh, like, it, it made a lot more sense in my brain that I would want to, like be actively doing something rather than be actively not doing something yeah you know like it made a lot more intuitive sense and i i, I think you could sort of you could train your brain in either, either direction but i think it's easier to train your brain in in this specific direction and that's probably why they why they made that call yeah and i think there's an argument for like both ways like obviously if you just want to say you know you want your finger to be doing less than the one that you'll be doing more often is the one that you want to make automatic. But yeah. I think it's similar to, like, in a racing game, like, the, when racing games have, like, automatic drift setups, it still feels way better to drift on your own than to use the automatic one. Yeah. Just I think that's it, real. It's like having that control is kind of nice. But then there's, like, also RPGs where having a run button in an RPG would, like, probably feel weird. Like, Pokemon always feels egregious with its run button shit until, like, the later <laughs> entries where they give it to you automatically. Yeah, and 
so and and when I when I made that original claim, right? Like I came from the perspective of like Pokemon. Uh, it just makes more sense for me to always be running because there's no reason to walk. And also, yeah. uh, pretty much every game made in RPG Maker, uh, like it has a setting that is auto run or auto walk, and you hold the button to either run or hold the button to walk. Right. Uh, and they all default to holding the button makes you walk because no one wants to walk. Right. But in those games, those aren't like action games. So yeah. you're mostly just walking around to like get from point A to point B. Yeah, and it so definitely makes a lot more sense in those games that the player would just want to be passively moving at the highest speed because the speed they move at doesn't actually matter for gameplay purposes. Exactly, and I think that's why it, it feels a little more natural there. Yeah. Uh, so is that all that you wanted to say about the uh, gameplay changes? Uh, I I think so. Because there's, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. If Okay, go uh, ahead. So we already talked about how wall running feels a little different in this game. But they also added, like, a couple oh, of mechanical yeah. changes. So, like, when you are running either, like, along a wall or up a wall, if you hold the spin dash button, you get, like, a one-time boost, and then that resets every time you jump to a different wall. So you can actually spend a lot more time running on the wall in this game than you could in the previous entry, and they yeah. make use of this in a lot of levels where you are above a bottomless pit and just, like running alongside walls, bouncing back and forth, making careful use of, like, the either jumping off of the wall or spin dashing on the wall to avoid obstacles that might be on either side. And it feels like a more thought-out version of, like, what we had with the triangle jump in Sonic Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. It, it really is the triangle jump concept, but, like, fleshed out and made way more fun. Yeah. I liked it a lot. How did you, how did you feel about it, Charlie? About, sorry, what? How did you feel about the wall running mechanics in this game? Did you think that they were, like, more fun than they have been before? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. It's a lot more to control, like, horizontal movement to get between walls, and you can spin dash on the walls, apparently. I didn't try it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, a free one-time boost until you've jumped to a different wall. I think, yeah. I think on the, like, if you're running along the walls, it's not a one-time thing. But if you're running up, it is a one-time thing. Interesting. I could be totally wrong, but my understanding was that, like, you had to spin dash and then jump to the opposite wall before you could spin dash again. But okay. that might have just been, like, the way I was interacting with the obstacles in the first place, so I never tried to spin dash twice. Yeah, there's there's no circumstance, at least in the first couple, like, zones, or first couple worlds, where you really need to spin dash along the same wall twice. So, yeah. like, it just makes sense that it wouldn't it wouldn't come up organically. But either way, it feels really good to do. It really does. I I like it because there are entire extended sections where you're just like, hey, we're just on the wall. Yeah. And like, have fun with that. Yeah, like you will hit a checkpoint and then you will not be off the wall until the next checkpoint. Yeah. I really like that. It's very pleasant. Uh, there, are, there are entire stages, uh, especially in the world too, uh, dedicated to just being like, hey... How do you feel about like trying to run up a wall and like try to try to climb this place? Yeah, it's like very vertical level design. Yeah. And and I know that's true of the HD version as well, but like I know the HD version is a stage where you're just going up one single like screen width of a of a stage and like these worms are trying to eat you and uh this this game's version of that stage doesn't have the worms, but it does have like a like, it has a bunch of switches 
that you have to activate in order to like move uh, platforms through the level to give you access to the next section and then right. climb up that section and uh, it feels very it feels almost maze like even though it's very linear well and it's like faster paced than the HD version of this game where it feels more like you are like actually a mountain climber yeah <laughs> like I enjoy the the parkour systems in that game but it, they do feel it feels a little bit more like you're playing as Knuckles than Sonic in the vertical levels of that game yeah in a way that like really huh. felt interesting to me <laughs> but in this game you are like definitely like rushing really quickly through all the obstacles yeah it's like you try to start climbing and then you just give up <laughs> yeah exactly like he's just kind of like falls over a little bit <laughs> that's why the spin he's, dash while you're climbing in this game is so neat he's like hey there's no wall to jump to to get my energy back and i'm just gonna fall <laughs> you can also apparently go up walls without even running anymore like unlike the other version yeah it, it just depends i think on the speed that you're moving at i think the angle matters too but i don't i don't know i don't fully understand when you climb and when you don't climb because there were tons of time when i was like all right climb all right <laughs> climb and i wouldn't climb yeah. And then there were also a bunch of times where I was like, I'm walking, so please don't climb. And then they would just start to climb. The The way I always handled it was if I wanted to climb, I would hold down the spin dash button. So in this game, you have like the roll and the spin dash kind of. I think they're both just referred to as a spin dash. But it's a lot more like the Sonic Adventure 2 version where if you just tap B, Sonic will like roll forward a little bit and then stop and then start walking again. But if you hold down B until you see like little jet streams and then you let go you'll do like a more long-term thing and you'll maintain that momentum if you do like the charge spin dash at a wall you will always run up it okay as for like not running up the wall and you don't want to i have nothing for that <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess you could do the the like somersault. short dash somersault to like yeah. stop yourself from from going into the wall yeah, you're not wrong, actually. Maybe that's, like, why it's there. Because I didn't find it super useful to deal with enemies. I almost always wanted to homing attack enemies. I actually genuinely did not use it a single time. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you use the charged homing attack? Or not charged homing attack. Charged spin dash a lot? Uh, yes. I, I used it actually a lot. Yeah, I did too. Like, more than I've, I think, ever used it since, like, Sonic 2. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. But it didn't feel like Sonic 2 where the spin dash like was necessary to get over certain obstacles in this case yeah. it just felt better to get that speed and it's it's especially it's very convenient too because you just need to hold it for like half a second and like even if even if you're not because in sonic 2 right you have to be at a complete stop to begin spin dashing right. and then it's several repeated inputs and then you know release and in this game it's just you're you're walking and then you just hold y and then release it uh, or or X, I guess. It, I think um, it's either. And then and then you're just zooming. And you can also do that neat thing where if you spin dash and then jump, you're going at spin dash speed, but you're still running. I like that a lot. Oh yeah. And you can do that in most Sonic games, but it just I don't know. It feels really good in this game because you're already. It always feels good to do. I think. Yeah. So the like the other big change though, and we've kind of been talking about it already, is just the level design in this game is so much more. I don't know if linear is the right word. It, it probably is. Like, there's a little, like, a lot less exploration here. There are still different paths, but it's not like the previous game where each level segment has, like, three different routes, and some of them 
like bottleneck you to the same place, but there's usually at least one secret route that will take you like away from the regular path of the level. In this yeah. case, it's more so just there is a like top route, maybe, and a middle route, and then occasionally a bottom route, and they almost always bottleneck you. And that doesn't feel worse, it just feels like a little different. I think the the best way to sort of describe it is like those those tube sections of levels where like you're exploring the outside of a tube. In the HD version, if you went to the underside of the tube, you'd find basically an entirely different level to explore. Yeah. And in this, uh, there are just like fences to keep you from getting to the underside of the tube. Right. It's a lot more like a... I don't know how to describe it because like... It's, there's not exploration, I guess. It's more so just, like, if you achieve the challenge, you get to the top level. And you yeah. get, like, a red ring for, like, each level segment, basically, like, between checkpoints. It it really fits the uh, the way that Dimps designs their levels. Yeah. Where you, well, have, you have, generally, there's a route that is right next to the main route that's harder to achieve, but more rewarding. And, like, that's pretty much it. It also feels more like Sonic 1 and 2. Whereas I think Lost World feels a lot like 3, because I described it as feeling like the first time a 2D Sonic game was fully realized in 3D, but the more I think yeah. about it, the more it's like less Sonic 1 and 2 and much more Sonic 3, where exploration was also emphasized in that game because of the giant ring system. Yeah. Like, the red rings are hidden the same way that giant rings kind of were in 3. You know, they weren't yeah, behind like invisible that. walls or whatever, but they were, you know, tucked away in, like, routes that were off the beaten path. Yeah. Whereas this game is a lot more just, if you play really well, you get the secrets. And if you don't play as well, you're still playing a challenging level. I had a, actually had a much, much tougher time getting red rings in this game. Like, I just couldn't figure out where they were most of the time. Well, they're just, like, in hard-to-reach places. You just have to do the task, like, as well as possible. And then occasionally, like, hook right instead of left, where you have to do, like, a homing attack challenge or something. Okay. It's it's interesting because because I think in the HD version they're a lot more visible, but you still have to explore to find them. Yeah, it's like if you're on the path where they are, you will see it. Yeah, and in and in this, it's like yeah, so you can go the challenge routes, but you still just might not see them. I felt like most of them were pretty visible to me, but I could see where it would get confusing, especially in some of the more dense levels. Yeah, but for like the first zone. For the first world, I felt like every zone, <laughs> most of the red rings, I could tell like where I had to go to get them if I didn't see them directly. I could be like, oh, there's clearly a path here that I did not take, and that path yeah. is probably more challenging than the regular one. Dude, what do the red rings do in this game? Uh, do, that's a great just... question, because you don't need them to get Chaos Emeralds. Yeah, that's why I was uh, kind of confused. Probably concept art or something mundane like that. Just like museum shit. Yeah. There is a museum in Tails' lab. Yeah, you can unlock soundtracks as well as art, so that's fun. We just land here. It's already created a lab and a museum. I think it's neat that Wild. you can unlock soundtracks, but this is in the 3DS version, where the audio quality is not so good. I mean, if you put headphones in, it's like, it's not that different. Yeah, that's fair. But the... <laughs> The thing about Tails already having made a lab, this game is the one where he says he can make a TV out of paper clips or whatever, so it's pretty feasible. <laughs> it is It is amusing that you crash land on this place, and then he just has a lab. Yeah, he just sets up shop right away. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to be playable, so I might as well get to doing something. <laughs> uh, is, is this our uh, segue? 
I guess, yeah, yeah sure. it's as organic as any other until we acknowledged it. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can cut that out if you want. No, it's funnier when we, <laughs> we ask if this is <laughs> a segue. So there is a sort of crafting system in this game, and it's interesting because one of the things you can craft is just a better lab. Yeah. Yeah, you can upgrade the lab using using the materials you get later on in the game. It's that's a very uh, Sonic Rush Adventure thing. Yes. Well, and I I like it narratively because he crash lands and he sh sets up this uh, makeshift lab and he's like, hey, if you give me the materials, I could just make like a real person's lab. It's <laughs> Animal Crossing. It kind of is, yeah. It a little bit is. It it feels it actually feels very similar to Sonic Rush Adventure where um, you play a stage and then you get resources of a certain type and then you can spend those resources on crafting. Yeah, like to, to clarify, you get specifically leaves from stages in the first world and then like at the end of the first world you might get like garnets or something and then in the next world there's a primary material and then like a little one you get at the end too. I think, so I think there's a secondary material you can get if you do extremely well in the stages. Because the amount of materials you get is relative to your rank. Yeah, just like in Sonic Rush Adventure. And and for the most part, I got season Ds, I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> and so I would get three and five of a certain material. But when I got an S rank one time, I got 15 of the main material and then like three or five of a different material. Okay, the way I experienced it was that I got, like, the different material at the later stages, but that might just be because I played those better, because I'm yeah. more used to the game. And I did as well, but I did play the later stages better. <laughs> so it's po uh, either one of us could be right. Yeah, but either way, it's like a primary material and a secondary material for each world, and, you know, you have to gather different amounts of those to, like Isaiah said, upgrade the, the lab, but you can also get things that are referred to as RCs, which stands for remote control, but they don't call them like RC planes, which it seems like they're all planes. I didn't see anything that wasn't a plane, or at least okay. an airborne vehicle. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the first one is a helicopter, but that's extremely nitpicky of me to say. No, I mean, in Sonic, we historically have weird situations where helicopters and planes are the same thing. There is, I mean, uh, Tails does have a plane, which is also a uh, just a mech. Well, walks. at the beginning of Sonic Adventure 2, a helicopter with wings or a plane with propellers <laughs> flies over, you know, San Francisco or whatever, and then That's drops true. Sonic out of it. We had, like, a whole bit in that episode about whether or not it was a helicopter. <laughs> but, no uh, popcorn or movies. I'm out of here. The, the RCs are just, like, a thing. You can equip, like, one kind, but you can have more than one of that kind. But you can only equip one kind when you go into a level, and then you can touch the touchscreen and deploy it. And the first one just drops a bomb that I think, like, damages everything around you. I don't know if it's, like, a full screen wipe, because I didn't test it too much, because it wasn't that compelling to me. It didn't yeah. seem like it would speed me up any, and that's what I cared about, so, like, I wasn't really interested in it. But I'm sure there are ones later that, like, give you an extra jump or some airtime or something that might be really interesting for making better routes through levels. But that's, like, the main thing that you're spending these resources on is just dealing with the lab and getting access to more of these usable items. Because you can also make, like, ring capsules or extra shields and stuff like that, and those equipped to a different slot, I believe. Yeah. You have RVs and items are, like, different categories of things you can you, equip. You called them RVs again. Oh, I Oh, see. God. Oh. <laughs> I need to take a break from speaking for the next couple months. 
What does RV stand for? Uh, it's, Recreational vehicle. It oh. stands for reverse engineering. I was going to say, careful what V word you pick. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought it was like retirement vehicle. So, uh, I'm going to be real with you. I did not use any RCs or items. <laughs> Honestly, so I've had the I own this game for a while and I beat it. I don't think I've ever touched the crafting or the museum. Interesting. And and here's here's the reason why for me personally, number one, the levels don't really feel like they're designed for that. And I felt the same way with the HD items as well. Like, I can give myself a capsule for just free ten rings. <laughs> but why? But why? Like, it's 10 rings. Yeah, there's never a segment in any of these levels where I died because of a lack of rings, and there was also never, like... I, I never felt that anything was so difficult that I needed to deploy a shield at any particular spot. Yeah. And then the RCs, like, you don't get interesting ones right away, so it's not compelling to use them. So the other thing is, in order to use them, you gotta do some stuff with the touchscreen. And yeah. that's like that's brain power I don't have when I'm playing Sonic the Hedgehog, but especially like I got to take my thumbs off the buttons I'm using to play the game to hit the touch screen. I don't have I don't have time for that. So here's you know? a situation where having played Monster Hunter gives me a distinct advantage <laughs> over the competition here. That's <laughs> because fair. Because I am well used to Having it such that my thumb is, like, available to do completely different things, and I'm hitting face buttons with my index finger. <laughs> so I could have easily deployed the RC whenever but I wanted, but here's it was the just thing. never if, interesting enough. If you're hitting face buttons with your index finger, how are you running? With my middle finger. Are you kidding me? Oh do you my know God. how many buttons you have to hit at the same time while playing Monster Hunter Freedom Unite? <laughs> <laughs> my hands are not large enough, and I've got a 3DS XL. <laughs> curse curse my hubris wanting to play on a larger screen. Now I can't reach all the buttons. But yeah, like, I don't think that normal people would want to deal with that. It, it, like, it is a, uh, what do you call it? A deterrent. I was like, I just don't have the, I don't have the physical, like, capacity to do this, nor the, nor the desire. Uh, so does... I just didn't explore the system at all. <laughs> that does bring us to another point, though, which is that to use the color powers, you also still have to hit the touchscreen. Yeah. At least the color powers actually change the gameplay. The game in a considerable way. Yeah. Oh, that also reminds me. There are RCs that you, like, cannot craft, or at the very least you can't craft at the beginning, that they just give you if you die too much. Oh, yeah. So the one I got, which I think you got a different one because you mentioned it, but the one I got first was a... It looked like a stealth bomber, which I thought was super cool. I was like, why is there a stealth bomber here? That's neat. And then I realized the game was, like, roasting me for playing bad. So I kind of got pissed. <laughs> yeah, because oh, you, you collect it and, like, a help thing appears that's like, Yay, hey, because you're having trouble with this section. We just <laughs> decided to give you an edge. We brought in the government. <laughs> we brought in the government? Yeah, dude, it's like a golden stealth bomber. But what it does is it makes you invisible and what that does is make you completely invulnerable to everything. <laughs> Except for falling, which was the reason I kept dying over and over again, so it wasn't even helpful. <laughs> we might have actually been stuck in the exact same sequence. Was it like the dark cave and zone? Yeah, dude. Yeah. In zone like the cylinder the cave with yeah. like some precision platforming? Yeah, dude. Like precision platforming, but you have to be running at full speed. And like in that cave, you just play 
Sonic 2's special stage for a little bit. <laughs> oh, like, Lord. Correct. Is that a segue? Segway. Segway. Oh, God. I'm running on empty. So, yeah. I'm going to talk about the special stages. Go for it. Uh, special stages, they are something. Uh, some people might have forgotten that the 3DS has gyro controls. I certainly did. Yep. Same thing. I, like, <laughs> wasted, like, half the time in the when I got to a special stage, which I believe you just access by getting enough rings. Yeah, I think it's 50 rings and finish the stage, just like the good old days. Yeah. The game, at the end of, like, a stage, the game gives you a prompt. They're like, you can access the special stage. Do you want to? Yeah, it's not like you go past a signpost in Sonic 1 and you just realize the ring is there and then it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, like, give it to you. They're like, hey, how are you feeling right now? But the special stages themselves, gyro controls, and you use the gyro controls in a few other parts, I think. If you I want to do... say you could use them in the cannons in the third world, but I think that's just in the Wii U version. But that could have also happened in the 3DS version. And I know there's a, I know the sixth boss, no, the, the fifth boss uses gyro controls. Okay. But anyway, use a gyro control in a 3D space, a fully 3D space. Like you have to press a button to like hold your position, so you don't have to like literally turn 360 degrees. <laughs> uh, good luck playing this in the car. I think I actually did once. I think no, I remember one time I was playing. I, I was, I don't know if it was the special stage or it was the boss. But I remember playing it at someone's house, and they're like, "What the heck are you?" They were like, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm trying to beat this boss," and they're like, "Oh." Why? You know, like it's got gyro controls. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you were just like rolling around on the couch like a maniac. Uh, at the yeah. speed of sound. So, <laughs> if I recall correctly, like there's a set number of balls, and you have yeah. to collect so many, and then they change color, and you have to get those balls, and then you have to collect the rest when like it's blue, yellow, red, like, and I think that's how it works in colors. Sonic colors, yeah. So it's there are a couple colors at once, like later on. And like yeah. in the corner, oh. in the corner, the last five that you collected appear, and if they're all the same color, they like flash. But I don't know what actual benefit that gives you. I I and, don't know. And there are a couple other mechanics that it doesn't explain at all, and it's at least for the first two, which were the ones that I did, it's not difficult enough for me to like need to know the specific mechanics, it's and it's weird. also not really engaging enough either. No, it feels like Star Fox, but with nothing going on. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think, and, and I hate the gyro controls because you just actually need to be, like, moving in 360 degrees, and that's just not, like, feasible if I'm sitting down and playing the game. Right. But then also, if you replace the gyro controls with a, like, with the, the circle pad, which I would love to do, then it's just like move towards the orbs and then there's nothing like there's nothing there yeah it's just what i was worried knights on the wii would be <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's a real bummer because these guys brought us the sonic color special stage <laughs> it's like a real sign they're just like we gotta do the gimmicks <laughs> it's like a real sign of an issue that when they ask, do you want to do the special stage after the first time, I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I really actually don't, but I should because I want the Chaos Emerald. <laughs> but yeah, I think like that's about the size of it. That's what you got going on in Sonic Colors handheld. 
I think Sonic this Colors, is... Sonic Lost World. <laughs> this is the smallest difference in, like, like there are the fewest amount of differences between the HD version and the 3DS version, but also, in terms of actual quality, I think they're probably about on par with each other. Yeah, I think this one feels a bit better, but it has, like, a less innovation, I guess. Yeah. It definitely... I... I I think the HD version feels like something completely different from previous Sonic games, and this yeah. feels like it's bridging the gap between that and previous Sonic games. Right. They, they both have their pros and cons. Which do you think That's... you guys... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go. I was just going to say, which do you think you guys liked better? I'd like... I think I like the 3DS version more. I played it more, but like... Uh, you know, it's really tough. Yeah. It's like I kind of wish... I kind of wish it was just the 3DS version, but on console. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think I probably prefer the HD version. Oh, interesting, because I thought you were gonna be like way well, okay. Into this let one. me let me actually let me actually back up and unsay that real quick. Um, <laughs> okay. I think probably the HD version is a better game, and like I just don't understand it. Oh, okay. I thought this was going to be the, like, it's a better game, but I like this other one better thing that comes up occasionally. No, it's... I, I, I don't think I like the other one better. I think the other one is easier for my, like, IQ to handle. <laughs> like, I, I more intuitively pick up the 3DS version. But I think if I, like, put more time into learning the HD version, I would like it more. Interesting. I think, like, the reasons that I like the HD version more have to do with it being, like, a really unique experience in yeah. the lineage of Sonic that, like, still holds true a lot of ideas. It's not like Sonic Riders or something where it's just, like, obviously a completely different property with Sonic slapped onto it. Yeah. But I really enjoy this version, too, because it's just, like, a good-ass Dimps game, which I would I... never complain about. I enjoy the identity of the HD Sonic Lost World because yeah. it is it's it's extremely Sonic and it's also not any Sonic game you've ever played before. And I I like that a lot even if I even if I'm really bad at it. <laughs> so like going into this, did you guys both think that you like weren't going to like Lost World very much because from what I remember it was not received well by the fandom? <laughs> I definitely thought I thought I would dislike the the Wii U version. Uh, obviously, I played on Steam. I thought I would dislike the HD version, because, partially because of its association with the Wii U. Yeah. Um, and then I played it and I enjoyed it. And then I thought I would dislike the 3DS version, and I enjoyed that too. <laughs> How about you, Charlie? Uh, I mean, I played bits and pieces of it in the past, and right. I mean, I I liked. I ended up liking the console version a lot more. And I, it's hard for me to tell whether or not I prefer if, if my opinion has changed on the 3DS version. Because I didn't really like it that much, but, like, I still beat it. Right. So I, I can't really say. It is, like, this weird space because of, like, how unique the, the HD version is and then the bits and pieces that carry over into the handheld version. Yeah. But I do think that... Overall, I definitely like this way better than people would have led me to believe I would. Yeah, I would say like it's it's weird because I like I think it's a good Sonic game, and I never I didn't expect that. Yeah, you thought that it might be like a good game that didn't have anything to do with Sonic. 
Yeah, but it's it's definitely at its core absolutely a Sonic game. I think that we can agree that unlike things like 06 or, you know, like Chronicles or something, the unique character designs in this game are the worst part. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Like, there are so many Sonic games where it's like, I'm not super into this game, but like, damn, if it doesn't look cool, the guy they added <laughs> And yeah, I think, and they're just gonna continue to pretend that Zavok was a good idea in future <laughs> games. And I, and I think that's probably the reason that Sonic Lost World didn't do too well, because I think Sonic as a franchise has always attracted people who really like the ideas that are being thrown at the wall, and not necessarily the quality of the execution. Yeah, well, and, um, like, specifically, the promotional material for this game, like, really pushed the Deadly Six for some reason. Yeah, and the Deadly Six are just are just not good conceptually. N like, by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, I think that Zavik is probably my favorite of them. I Potentially agree. just because, like, he's the leader of the bunch, you know him well. You do for know him well. Or for worse. I feel like we've done this bit already. In Probably. Forces, he'll be finally back to kick some tail. <laughs> well, I think it's more that we just like always do the Donkey Kong bit, not necessarily <laughs> related true. to Sonic Lost World. <laughs> Who's your okay. favorite Deadly Six, Charlie? I, I, well, like I said, I think we talked about this before. I like Zor. Yeah. Because they're a little emo boy. I asked you uh, before the podcast, but I don't think we've actually... Well, no, I th still, I think you asked that in the last episode, but... That's quite possible. The answer has not changed. You know what? I probably did, and I just forgot. We're doing it again. We're doing it live. <laughs> they're so forgettable, those guys. Yeah. I've already forgotten all of them except for crazy dude, old man, fat, and girl. <laughs> you just said that Zavok was your favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's a low bar. Who? <laughs> exactly. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> you can find us on, um, on Twitter at no spin dash. So, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, uh, thumbs up. Uh, uh, sure, thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up for me too. <laughs> as well, I like that Charlie enjoys it reluctantly. That's my life. Whenever I hear the it's word reluctantly, it reminds me of the cake song. Charlie, I hate to say it. crouched at the starting line, and turning and burning the <laughs> yearn for the cup. Charlie, <laughs> I want to warn you, it's going to get worse from here on out because... I know, and it's here's hurting the thing. me. And you know, also what's hurting me is the fact that I haven't eaten much. Sonic the Hedgehog... <laughs> uh, uh, Sonic uh, Lost World is like the turning point where Sonic is no longer made for us. Now it's made for Zoomers. No. <laughs> yeah, it's you're in. We're in Zoomer territory. Get we're used to Zoomer it. Zoomer zone. <laughs> we're Welcome in the to the Zoomer no zone. Zoomer zone. We, we're still we're still on, however, the trajectory of Mario and Sonic, where they just get better every time. So there's a chance that like That's we true, got yeah. two more bangers before you have to put a bullet in Sonic. <laughs> I like how put a bullet in Sonic because now it's for people that are younger than us, and we don't like that. <laughs> well, no, it's put a bullet in Sonic because we're not doing Sonic after like. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's right. I think it's like two months. Because we'll just be out of Sonic games. Hey, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so to, to give you a rundown, audience, we our next game is Mario and Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games, which is a mouthful. And then we've got the three Sonic booms. We've got Rise of Lyric, Shattered Crystal, and Fire and Ice. Uh, then we've got Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. And then we've got Sonic Mania, and we'll probably just play Plus at the same time. Yeah. 
and then we've got Sonic Forces, Sonic Team, or Team Sonic Racing, sorry. And then, we, and then Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 is the last game that has come out, like... Coming out with a high note. Today. <laughs> It'll be a high note. <laughs> so, like, in total, that is, what, uh, nine games? If you don't count yeah. today's game. Maybe maybe they'll come out with a new game in the interim, but probably not. Yeah, well, so nine games is a total of like four and a half months. So there's a there's a solid chance that like a Sonic game could get announced by then. Dude, they were pumping out like a Sonic game every like four months in the heyday, and now we gotta wait two years for a spinoff with featuring the Olympics. <laughs> From the Olympic May Cry series. Wait, is Team Sonic <laughs> Racing 2018? I thought it was 2019. Uh, I think it's 2018. I could be wrong about that, though. I think it's uh, uh it's, I think it's 2019. But you can you can find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I S I A H Games. You can find me at I'm very sorry that I just ran out of energy at Charlie is horse. <laughs> I think they'll forgive you. That made logic, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it forged a logic of its own. Dude, you you ran out of energy, but I'm like actually gonna pass out as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> uh, Listen, okay. I uh, just wanted to say real quick, if you would like to email us, you can send your emails to <laughs> nospin-zone at gmail.com. If I could interject, email us. Also, okay. Team Sonic Racing came out May twenty first, twenty nineteen. Got him. Uh, also, wait, remember. May, uh, May 21st. May. Okay. Charlie, just to be clear, sense. this was not me competing to be more tired than you. This was just me trying to express solidarity. Yay, solidarity. Like yeah. I'm I'm on your side. I'm not I'm not trying to beat Nationwide you. Nationwide is somewhere else. Cut that out. No brands in our podcast unless they're paying us. Okay. Good night. <laughs> Sorry. Good night. <laughs> no, good good nights. Good, good nights. Bok bye. Spin you later. Now, you guys never say later. you never say the right thing at spin you later, you guys. Because the other games have more interesting things to say. <laughs> which is weird because Sonic always has interesting things to say. Yeah. All right. See you later, Baldy McNose. Gotta gotta go uh, fast away from this podcast. I'm hitting stop. <laughs>